In the name of God, lover, beloved, and love sharer. Amen. I want to suggest to you this morning an image. It's an image that comes from T.S. Eliot's poem, East Coker. And it's the image of sitting in the theater as the lights go down and that period of waiting in the darkness, being able to hear the rumble of the staging being rearranged for the next act. Since 2009, I have had the privilege of journeying with this community. And over the last 16 months, as your dean interim. And today, Alan Kimbrough, the chair of the nominations committee, will speak to us joyfully to announce the call of the next dean-elect, who will take up his responsibilities as dean on the 1st of January, 2014. Now, this is a moment of some excitement, which we have long anticipated. It's been a long haul for the members of the nominations committee, none of whom expected to have to carry this responsibility over such a prolonged period of time. And I'm excited because I believe that they have been guided by the Holy Spirit and they have made a good choice. And so we move with expectation into the future. And because the future is still that largely yet to become known, excitement and expectation are tinged with natural uncertainty. This community is not the same community I came to in 2009. And that's not unremarkable because institutions like human bodies are continually in the process of renewal. Because we're caught up in the moment by moment of that process, we're often unaware of the changes taking place around us. And those of you who have been here a very long time will be able to think back to all the deans that you have known here. And with hindsight, you will be able to see that each dean brought timely gifts to meet that which was needed at the time. Of course, we chafe under leadership at the same time as appreciating the timeliness of the leader's gifts because no one person can be all things to all people. And so change occurs emerging out of the tensions between strengths 
and limitations. We have been enjoying in this community a period of sustained growth. And in that process of sustained growth, there are moments that we reach which I call transition points. And we have been hovering around a transition point for some time. We need to move through that point in order to continue to evolve into that which we are being called to become. And over the last 16 months, as the interim dean, I've wanted to signal the importance of processing both courage and hope as we move forward together. And as when the stage lights dim and we sit in darkness, hearing the scenery props repositioning, awaiting the lights to go up to signal the next act in the play, my task has been to introduce change, which, while not attempting to change too much, change to prepare us for the coming of the new chapter in our lives. And my first priority has been to strengthen the staff team. From my long years of working in the National Health Service in the United Kingdom, I bring to this task a concept which I call freedom within a framework. And I've encouraged the members of the paid staff to see the fuller integrity of their professional authority. And in the areas of their responsibility, I have encouraged them to employ their gifts with initiative and skill, freed from the concern of over-micromanagement from above and undue interference from the congregation beneath. That's the freedom part. The framework is collegiality. Collaboration rests upon collegiality and good communication. And I have signaled to this community that it is the paid staff who are the people who carry the day-to-day -day responsibility of this organization. And this is emphasis is a very necessary one to prepare us as we move into a different way of organizing community which is brought about by the necessity of growth. My second priority has been to address the challenges of our financial stability. And last fall I introduced a structured and intentional conversation about money. And this conversation resulted in 30% of you becoming pledging members. 30% more of you becoming pledging members. And this fall, our structured and intentional community uh, conversation about money has focused on an invitation to raise the level of our financial commitment by a minimum of 1% of our net income. 
between the post-communion prayer and the blessing over these last weeks, we've had a space for people to come and talk about how important it is for them to be members of this community. And this morning, our treasurer, Keith Cook, will give us a brief overview of the current financial situation. And the chair of the stewardship ministry team, Tim Watt, will introduce us to the overall picture of the budget for 2014. The service will be followed by a forum at which it will then be possible to ask any questions that occur from these presentations. We have some heavy lifting to do if we are to close the gap between our 2013 and our 2014 budgets. And as the British Chancellor of the Exchequer, he's kind of the Minister of Finance, says each year when he delivers the new budget in the Parliament, he says, this year, this will be a budget for growth. And I want you to remember that because we are facing a challenge. But that challenge is to meet the needs of a vibrant and growing community. My third priority has been to call attention to the centrality of our discipleship with Christ. Dean Nisley used to say, the story about his appointment. When some members commented that his too much talk about God was rather unsettling. (laughs) Apparently, one person piped up and said to the others, don't worry about that, he'll get over it. (laughs) He didn't get over it. And as a consequence, we deepened in our spiritual life and we grew in strength as a community. In my view, why else are we here? If we are not here, to realize what is barely articulate in us, which is the longing to fall in love with God. And I'm aware that this kind of language for some may seem intemperate and rather embarrassingly evangelical, but I make no apology for it. Our only future as a church is to be faithful to our calling. And our calling is to be the ark of witness to the presence and power of God in the world all around us. And we cannot do that unless we are a community where courageous hope and love challenge and move us beyond the limitations of our socially constructed imagination of God. And each one of us takes our own time to grow into a richer and fuller way of discipleship 
And I've no wish to force or push or hurry individuals on that journey. However, I refuse to pretend that there is any other journey for Christians to take other than the journey of opening to an ever-deepening love of God and a love for one another. In this morning's gospel, Jesus tells us on that the road of Christian discipleship is a road that is a hard one at times. And there is a temptation to misread the signs of the times. We will encounter periods of intense difficulty, even times of danger, as the passion of division wrecks havoc all around us. And the challenges of living a Christian life in our time and place continually threaten to divert us from our purpose and our destination. And in the warning that Jesus gives us, there is also his characteristic assurance that we will not come to harm nor lose our souls. For the way to persevere in our Christian calling is to live motivated by faithful, loving, generous, and courageous patience. And when the stage lights dim and we sit in darkness, hearing the scenery sets repositioning, awaiting the lights to go up, we are all now ready. We are ready to welcome a new act in the unfolding story that will bring a new chapter to life in this Trinity Cathedral community of ours. Amen.